Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch, uh, Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. All that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Now, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfectly. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like before I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. It's episode 62 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. I don't know why we're working this week. It is Thanksgiving um, coming up on Thursday, but we are having yet another episode. I've noticed that since we've come to Flow, I don't think we've missed a single week of this podcast. I don't, I don't think we have either. We took like massive breaks when we were with NASCAR. Well, it, but it was also harder because we weren't doing it remotely. Like we weren't, we had to be in the studio when we did it. That's true. And the fact is we freaking race all winter on flow. Yeah. Uh, so there's between, lots to talk about. Between Gateway and the Tulsa shootout and, you know, handing out six golden drillers there and the Chili Woman at Nationals, which of course is the biggest dirt race in the world. Uh, all coming live on Flow Racing. Um, I think it's time for you to get a late model or get into a late model. With all, with uh, we got this million dollar Eldora race. We got you know Flow Racing Night in America announced again. You know it's like all the money's going that way. It seems. Yeah, it's uh, there's some cool stuff going on. I don't know why why we have to have three huge paying late model races at Eldora, uh, but you know. I don't make those decisions, I guess. So a million dollars. I know, but it's we've got they've got the they've got the dream in the world one hundred already. Well, I mean, those don't pay a million. Those don't pay a million bucks, but still. Yeah, true, true. But I think it's uh, paying homage to the original one that they had. Uh, yeah, I mean it. Donnie, it obviously Donnie, is. Donnie Moran, Donnie Moran won. But yes, I agree with you. Three massive races. I mean. We got the Kings Royal. So for the wing sprint cars, we got the Kings Royal. Yeah, and now you got That's the historical big one. Well, yeah, the historical big one just got added. So at least they added a, a sprint car race. 
right? Well, see what I what what I wanted him to do was bring back the Mopar Million, which didn't pay a million to win. It was like a million dollar purse, but it was non-wing sprint cars. So bring back a non-wing sprint car race and pay a million dollars to win that. You'd have guys from all over God's green earth coming and running that. I mean, they, they'll have that for the late models too, but at least it'd be something different, you know, because all the, really the non-wing sprint cars have got four crown and that's, I mean, they've got the let's race too, but you know, it's not, not quite the same. No doubt about it, but uh, we are getting the historical big one and the Kings Royal and um, some huge things going on in the late model world. I mean, it was rumored that, Sunshine was going to have a late model ride to Sonoya. Now he's baiting everyone on Twitter about it. Um, you know, Kevin, you know, the Swindell Speed Lab is baiting everybody about getting a late model and putting out their, you know, templates. Um, you know, it's Brandon Overton got in a sprint car at the World Finals, but it's like there's a lot of crossover going on right now between the late. I think Larson pretty much opened the floodgates on that, I think. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's I think it's great. I mean, it's it's good for everybody, right? That um, you know, and you've got Chase Elliott now who's running, you know, midgets, you know, more regularly and he's running a sprint car tonight and tomorrow at Merced. And and so there is a lot of crossover and, um, it's good for everybody. It, it, it brings fan bases from the other parts of the sport to the other parts of the sport. And I think that's just good for everybody. It just is, it just is going to lend itself to people being fans of racing and not necessarily fans of, of late models or wing or non-wing sprint cars or, you know, whatever the case may be. Chase Elliott looked pretty dang fast in that sprint car. I mean, I know we're only talking about hot laps from a, a cell phone video, but I mean, I think the midgets definitely translate pretty good to the sprint cars and he's got the midgets down pretty good. Um, Brandon Overton didn't, you know, didn't look like he knew what he was doing in a sprint car. So it's like, that's Chase Elliott has got some talent, man. Well, and I think, you know, I think that late models and sprint cars, I mean, I've never driven, I've never, never driven either, but I would imagine they are very different just because of the suspension and the, and the geometry of the chassis and just, I mean, everything about them is just different. And obviously a, a NASCAR to a wing sprint car is, is pretty different too. But I think you know, wing car, you're not having to back the thing in, you're not having to, you know, and it's a 360, which is going to make his, you know, transition obviously a little easier, but I think it may be a little bit more natural for somebody to go from a big, heavy stock car to a wing sprint car, because you just have to basically point and go, you know, and you still got to, you know, run the cushion and everything, but, um, it's not like jumping from a late model to, a sprint car, you know, which are, are very different cars. Um, I think there's maybe a little bit more that carries over from a stock car to, you know, on pavement, maybe do a wing sprint car. But regardless, I think, you know, it, it's still, um, it's still impressive, you know, what he's done. I mean, you know, obviously, because it's, it is the concept of dirt racing is very, very different for Chase. Um, you know, so I think it's a testament to him and, and his, uh, his humbleness that, you know, as a cup champion and as, as successful as he is, that he continues to come back and he hasn't grown frustrated or, or embarrassed, you know, by anything that he's done. You know, I think, and I don't think he should be, he should, I think he's been great, but, um, you know, it's been, been cool to have him and hope he continues to do it. He's having fun. You can watch Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson at Merced 
uh, tonight on Flow Racing and I believe tomorrow as well. Um, they both ran the Hangtown 100. Well, Chase was late. He wasn't there on the first day. Um, the first day, who won the first night of the Hangtown 100? Oh, uh, Ryan Timms became the, the youngest USAC National Midget Series winner. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about Ryan Timms coming up in the show as there was a new uh, Chili Bowl rule that came out this week allowing guys under the age of 16 years old to apply to race for the for the Chili Bowl and a committee decides uh, who, who races. So Tim's likely going to be running the Chili Bowl this year along with like Brent Cruz. Dylan has acquired a lot of teammates already uh, because of this rule, new rule. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be exciting. You know, I think, um, you know, another guy you look at is like a Gavin Bochelle, um, you know, for potentially for Keith Coons, you know. So and there's plenty of others out there that um, I'm sure will apply. But those three, Cruz, Tims and, and Bochelle are kind of the ones that come to my mind. And Jade Avedesian as well. I don't know what she's doing, but um, but, you know, that group. Uh, has certainly been in the you know in the public eye a lot this year, um, and rightfully so. They've they've been spectacular. So, um, you know, I know that uh, yeah, I know that Cruz and, and Tim's will um, have applied and are are trying to get approved to run. So, um, it'll be exciting to watch them. You can see all of the those we mentioned right there. Race of the Tulsa Shootout in all four classes, all you know, all top four micro classes as well because they're micro kids. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's a good point. The second night at the Hangtown 100, uh, was won by Kyle Larson in the new flow racing mobile. Um, then he went, went out and flipped it the next night. So, uh, I'm not sure if it's good luck or bad luck, but, um, I, the, the car looks pretty slick there. What do you think? It does. It turned out super good. It's a good looking design and, um, cool partnership. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's obviously great for flow. I mean, you know, cause he's he's the best right now and the most talked about guy in the entire world behind the wheel of a race car. So, um, you know, to, to get that kind of exposure for, and just, and, and not even exposure, but just as a, a, another great way to promote, uh, everything that's, that's still on flow this year. You know, I mean, there's, there's still a ton of racing left between USAC and, and gateway and then, and then everything at the, the Tulsa Expo center, you know, and then by that time, you know, by the time that's all done, you got a couple more weeks off and then it's time to go, sprint car racing in florida so um you know never never stops so it's a great uh great cross promotion there definitely yeah it's gonna be wild um it's gonna be a wild winter but then we're gonna it's gonna be even crazier when we get to february um today on the show brian holbert episode 62 he's pr director pr marketing uh does a lot of stuff has a lot of hats for the chili bowl midget nationals also the tulsa shootout and the Han family, basically, and then the ASCS National Tour, uh, which got new ownership. So he's been, uh, you know, working. There's been uh, some changes atop, you know, Chili Bowl uh, board and stuff like that and the director. And so we'll talk about some of that stuff and everything else. So our Sun Dollar Restoration hat shakes of the week, the final night. Uh, we continue with the USAC National Midget Series. Um, SunDollar.net is where you can visit our, our friends Jason and Kim, who are remarkable people, they help out people in the uh, racing industry um, with their logo on the side of race cars, but also uh, will help you in your water, fire, mold restoration. That's at sundollar.net in the greater Indianapolis area. They're based out of Carmel. Uh, our hat shakes of the week, our Sundollar Restoration hat shake of the week, you just have to go to JG. I mean, 
Justin Grant gets it done the final night, 20 grand uh, to the winner. I know Logan Seavey and uh, Jerome Rodella, they, they won the Hangtown Championship. Um, so some big money given uh, to the Midgets this week. We, we talk so much about how the Midgets aren't paid very much. They got paid pretty good this week. Yeah, they uh, yeah, they they did. So yeah, it's a cool win for Justin. You know, obviously from uh, from I own California, which is um, I don't even actually know how close that is to Placerville, which is like Sacramento, but it's it's uh, NorCal. So um, kind of a home hometown win here. Let me see. Hold on, I'm trying to pull it up on my phone here. Should have looked, but um, anyways, yeah, it's a it's a hometown win for him. So. Um, you know, was, was pretty neat and, uh, good, you know, good way to end the year for them. You know, they still obviously have a few more, uh, a few more races left here, but, um, it's always cool to win those, um, those longer races and, and Hangtown is kind of becoming a marquee event for midget racing already, you know, in its second year, it's, it's become a pretty desirable race to, uh, to win. So, uh, that was cool for sure. Um, are we just going right into hat shakes here? You want, you want mine? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I own is not very far from Sacramento. It's just south. Yeah, it's, of Sacramento, it's a, it's a so. yeah, Sacramento suburb. Um, it's a home home I was, for JG. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a cool cool one to to have. So uh, I was going to actually give my hat shake to Taylor Reimer, who that was going to be was, mine too. Wow, look at that! Who was quick time one of the nights? Um, I don't even remember what night it was. She's on the pole of the race too, I think. Yeah. So, um, you know, went backwards in the race, but it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's a hard, I started, I think second there the year I was quick time and went backwards too. So it's, it's hard to, when you're, when you don't have a ton of experience, it's hard to know how to treat those first opening, you know, 15, 20 laps because the car is full of fuel and it drives different. So there's a lot of challenges that, if you don't know how to handle them, you get buried and then you just don't have any way to make it up. So, but regardless, uh, it's been a good trip out there out West for her. She was almost quick time one night at Arizona, I think. And then, um, and then, you know, got one at Placerville at Hangtown. So, um, that was pretty cool and, and good. To, it's always good to see the girls, um, you know, doing well and, and going fast. So that was, uh, that was cool to see. Yep, that's a good hat shake. Sun Dollar Restoration hat shakes of the week. Um, to JG, Taylor Reimer, maybe CV. You know, they look pretty good. Uh, of course, you know, winning the Hangtown Championship was like a trophy cup format, basically, right? Mm-hmm. They had a big redraw. I think Larson started 12th because he was the high point man to the weekend, and uh, he pulled a 12, and they kind of just shuffled up the field. He, I don't know, he got collected in a couple of uh, deals, but – um, the midgets are, they're good right now, man. There's, there's a lot of good race car drivers, uh, out there and it's going to be making, you know, the gateway dirt nationals and the chili bowl fun this off season. And, and it's midget time, baby. Uh, we got buddy yeah. Kofoid and Chris Wyndham going to the championship here, uh, you know, coming up for Turkey night and it's, it's going to be a big weekend for the USAC midgets. Yeah. 18 points separate Kofoid from Wyndham now buddy's leading. So, um, yeah, it's, it's. It's coming down to the wire. So, and, and Merced's going to, Merced's a, an awesome racetrack. Obviously, you know, last year, their first time there, it was a, you know, outstanding just track and, and show. Uh, and so they got two nights there this year. And then obviously go to Turkey Night at Ventura, which uh, another long race, you know, on a tight little bull ring like that. You never really know what's going to happen there. So um, it's going to be, 
going to be a fun battle to watch this week and um, excited to have a front row seat to all of it here on Flow. We are presented by Quick Pits and QuickPits.com. It's your one-stop shop for over 350,000 national parts and accessories. From the brands you demand, truck, Jeep, auto, and ATV with fast, free shipping to your door. Use promo code FLOWSPORTS at checkout for additional savings. Again, QuickPits.com is our presenting sponsor on the Loud Pedal Podcast. This is episode 62. We're getting ready to talk to Brian Holbert about the new Chili Bowl rule that is going to allow um, guys or you know drivers under 16 years old to race in the Chili Bowl if they're uh, approved by a committee. Um, this has been a stronghold for the Chili Bowl uh, for – well, since its inception, you've you've only been able to race if you were older than the age of 16 years old. Um, so that's going to change. It's going to add a lot to our Chili Bowl pool sheets this year. Uh, Lonnie Wheatley's Chili Bowl pool sheets. I mean, some of these guys are contenders. Ryan Timms is going to be a contender, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's. I mean, and and Cruz will be too. And and you know, if Bochelle runs, I mean, all yeah, I mean, all those guys are are legitimate. Saturday night lock-ins. You know, I think Tim's probably has the best, uh, the best. I think hype. You know, if you want to, you know, call it that, because I think he's just he's probably the most mature, just because he's the oldest uh, of the of that group. You know, and is already obviously winning, uh, you know, national USAC races and national sprint car races. So, uh, but the thing about that building is, it is it is unlike anything else that those kids have ever seen. You know, they, you know, they've all raced, you know, micros and they've run midgets and they've run sprint cars and everything else, but it is not Chili Bowl. And there's a lot more that goes into Chili Bowl and having a good week out there than just being fast. So uh, that's going to be the challenge for those guys is um, figuring out how to put it all together for, a, you know, a whole night on their prelim. And then also, you know, come Saturday, wherever they line up figuring out how to how to get the most out of their car and their equipment and, and their their week. So um, I think that'll be that'll be the other kind of cool thing to watch, too, is just you watch how they handle the pressure of that building and that race. And, and um, you know, that that in itself should be a you know, you can't really you can't really you know judge somebody on that before you allow them to enter the race. But um, that's as big a part of having success there as anything else is just being mentally able to handle it all. So going to be a fun week. It always is. And, and I think this adds a whole different you know, layer of excitement to it. For sure. Let's do it. All right. Episode 62. Brian Holbert's next. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. How you like me now? And we're back on episode 62 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. We're joined by the PR director for the Chili Bowl, also ASCS, um, the Tulsa Shootout. Did I get your title right or is that wrong, Brian? It's it's close enough. Close enough, yeah. He yeah. does everything. He doesn't stop working. Um, he works an entire summer with the ASCS National Tour and then uh, doesn't stop in the winter with the Tulsa Shootout and the Chili Bowl. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's it's been kind of a crazy year. We've got a change, uh, change of ownership in ASCS and Chili Bowl. We just finally got everything approved to 
kind of play around with the age restrictions. So, you know, it's it, it's going to be an interesting, interesting Chili Bowl. And some of the talent that's obviously deserves to be there is now going to get a shot to be there. Yeah, so let's talk about the the rule, just because that's obviously been a hot topic. So why was now, this year, the right time to do that, in your guys' opinion? That's something that Emmett's been looking at for several years and just kind of watching the landscape of midget racing, uh, watching what these drivers are doing, because, yeah, the, the drivers can get younger. That doesn't mean they're going to get better, but in this case, they did. You know, and when you've got Ryan and Jade Avedisian and, and Dason and all these young drivers that are coming in, and they're not just out there they're winning you know we saw that with ryan this past weekend where you know when you look at everything that tim's has done throughout the year um it goes back to age is no guarantee of ability and now we're seeing that in some of these kids where yeah they can go out there and, and not only mix it up but they can do so in a professional manner i mean yeah in midget racing occasionally you're going to get run over and that happens whether they're 15 or 50. we've seen it at both ends of the spectrum but you know we had to work around to make sure that we were okay to get that done. Obviously, 16 has been a, a hard nose line for many years. There's a lot of requirements. We have to look at insurance and everything else. And uh, that's something that Emmett and Matt have been working on for really all year, trying to make sure that, you know, we were okay to get that done. And, you know, now we're able to, to work on that. And it literally took 10 minutes after that press release came out to get our first entry. They had them ready. They had them ready. Oh, huh? yeah. You know, it, it's, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's going to be interesting. But the thing is, is it's not just open, you know, it's not open season. We still have to approve you being able to run. It goes before an advisory committee. Um, we all look at it, look at what you've accomplished, look at, you know, what you've done over not just this past season, but how many seasons have you, have you been racing? And, you know, we go from there. So, it's not going to be like the shootout where you have from six to 60. I mean, there is going to be requirements and you are going to be have to demonstrate that. Yes, you deserve to be there. You saw Ryan Timms win how many times with the ASCS national tour this year in a sprint car? Oh my God. I mean, he, when he showed up, you knew that he was a threat to win no matter where you're at, you know, and his first national win was at Lake Ozark speedway on a track that, you know, Mother Nature just had her way with. It was rough. It was tumble. It was all over the place. And he went out there and and outdid the veterans. And he had the car under underneath him at all times. And he was able to get the win. Became the youngest winner in the history of the National Tour. He goes out the same weekend, becomes the youngest winner in the history of the Power Eye Midgets. And this past weekend is now the youngest winner in the history of USAC Midgets. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, he's been, yeah, he's been lights out. So... Is this something where, like, and I think I look at a guy like Brent Cruz, who, you know, is 13 or however old, however old he is. Is it something where when a driver under the age of 16 is approved to run, are they approved, you know, every year moving forward? Or do they have to keep getting kind of reevaluated each year as they, uh, you know, before they become of age or, or you know, however you want to put that? You know, that's something that actually they didn't really mention, and that's actually a good question. That's I'm going to have to ask Matt and Emmett, but I, my thinking would be if you're approved to run it once, you're pretty much approved to run it. Mm-hmm. Brent Cruz is 13. There's no way. <laughs> I think he is, like, isn't he? 13 or 14. Really? I don't think he's yeah, 14 he's yet. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's 13. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Ryan's, what, 15 in three months? Yeah. Yeah, fifth, yeah 15 in a couple months or something. Yeah, three months. Yeah. But they're That's ready. Crazy. It's like you watch those guys and they're they're ready. It's amazing. Oh, they definitely are. And I mean, but you have to step back and look through racing and decide, you know, where do we draw this line? Where do we say, no, no, you can't race because just like from my neck of the woods, if they hadn't let Al Unser Jr. race sprint cars at 11, would we know who Al Unser Jr. is? Well, and I, I think that's that's kind of like my, and I, and I don't know, Brian, if you're even on the, the advisory board that makes this decision, so you may not be the guy to ask this, but like, what is the, what is the criteria? Is it like race wins? I mean, you kind of explained it a little bit, but like, where do you, or where does that line in the sand get drawn where you tell somebody, no, you're not ready yet? See, and that's not, that's not where I'm involved. I just collect the information. I present it to Matt and he goes from there. Um, and Matt has the final determination as the director of operations. Gotcha. But I, I can't say for him what his criteria top to bottom is going to be. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, power, I, you know, they haven't really had any restrictions at all. USAC is kind of, you know, I guess, you know, got a little bit lighter on their restrictions. So it only makes sense to kind of get up with the times with the rest of the midgets around the country, right? Nationally. It does. And, you know, and it goes back to, we've, you know, we've watched these kids come up and race and, and start finding success and, you know, they have the car control and they have the, the wherewithal and the whereabouts to do it. So, you know, now that, now that we know we've got the green light to, to change things up. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's high time. Well, and a lot of these youngsters we've obviously all seen at the shootout. Um, and I know the entries are rolling in for that. And I think I saw your tweet the other day that you guys are like a month ahead of where you normally reach yeah. a thousand entries. So what uh, yeah, it, is, are we going to, are we going to have the most cars ever at the shootout or what, what, how are we looking there? You know, it's one of those I was talking to Terry about it the other day. I'm not sure if everybody's just figuring out it's easier to pre-enter or if it's really we're really going to have that big of an influx. Because normally we pick up anywhere from 250 to 300 more entries the day of. That's so crazy. It, it, That's it's going to be crazy. crazy. I mean, the the record, and I don't have the number off the top of my head, it was, it was a little over 1,300 entries among 600 and some drivers. So... You know, this year could could be one for the record books. Absolutely insane. So when are we going to see the first Chili Bowl entry list? Probably right after Thanksgiving. Um, because of everything that's been going on, I finally get a chance to see my family for the first time in two years. So taking this week to, to visit the folks and let my son see their grandparents and their aunts and uncles. And right when I get back on sunday dive in and see what all entries i got because i was already at about 80 when i left on monday morning and it goes live at 100. and that's yeah and that's already a few weeks ahead of normal well and that that's the other thing too that i've kind of thought about is like what is the chili bowl car count going to look like you know with the addition of of these these younger drivers too obviously what well, i would imagine we'll have uh, have a few more cars than than maybe we have in years past. So it'll be interesting to see how how all that looks when when it does come out. It's going to be interesting. You know, this past Chili Bowl, obviously with all the restrictions in place, yeah, you know, we were down. That's the first time I've ever actually seen open pit area 
at the back of the building. So this year, obviously, I don't think that's going to be the case. I've already got 14 entries of teams that were not there for the 2021 event. So, yeah, with this, I don't know if it's necessarily going to add more trailers, but it's definitely probably going to add more cars. Mm. Uh, the Tulsa shootout, you know, important week in the New Year's. I, I spent my New Year's there last year. Going to do it again this year with you guys. Um, seven golden drillers given out. You know, there's only one for the Chili Bowl, but there's seven uh, given out for the Tulsa shootout. So they're they're handing them out like candy, basically for the shootout. But um, not it's hang fun. on, not like they used to. There used to be 23 of them. Yeah, there, yeah, there was. There was and, golden and, drillers and this year, everywhere. <laughs> and this year, there's only six. Oh yeah, they they took one out, right? Those little modified things. Yep. Yep. It is down to to micros and junior sprints. So six uh, given out to junior sprints, and then of course micro sprints. The four major classes of micro sprints. Uh, um, you guys have a lot of entries. It's going to be really big. Micro racing is taking off. Uh, Keith Coons is building them now. Um, you know these guys have development programs. Like it's it's getting pretty intense. It's crazy on the micro world, and you know that's one nice thing is is working with Terry and and now with him owning ASCS and building the national open wheel 600 series and i've been able to work closer inside the micro world over the last couple of years and and see some of these kids start progressing in their in their career and their aspirations of racing and it, it's pretty wild and micros man i i look at sprint car racing and i think man we spend some money here micros aren't that far behind <laughs> yeah, not. You're, you're not wrong which is amazing because the cars are about what a fifth of the size of sprint cars or something and we're somehow spending yeah. the same amount of money a fifth of the size and 10 times the technology yeah it's amazing and how, and how many of those cars are in that building usually every winter uh there's typically around actual cars between 550 and 650 cars yeah just insane because what's nice is the way it's set up you could actually roll in with a stock engine and still run four classes Right. You can run that stock car through the, all four classes, right? Just put wings on. Yeah. Take wings and put them on. Yeah. So, I mean, it you get more bang for your buck. And, you know, when you get in the non-wing side of it, a lot of times the stock will start doing better when the track slicks off because you're, you're not fighting more power. So you're able to kind of control the car a little better. Yeah, no doubt. So... Uh, as we get closer to all of this, Brian, I know that, you know, obviously we, we have Thanksgiving this week and stuff, but when we come back, what does, uh, what's your day to day like as you, as you guys kind of get ready to, to get the building opened up and get the track put in and, and everything else that, that goes on there at the expo. So once we get back, we actually get the building this Sunday, December 12th, um, we'll go in, start moving barriers, set the radius, get everything marked out. And then from there. Matt oversees all of that. You'll get the Edwards family will come up from Lawton and Dallas and help with machinery and getting the dirt work in and get everything done. On my end of it, during the day, I'll be more focused on doing the entries, taking care of PR, press, doing all that. Then in the evenings, I'll typically go out and help where I can with the track, whether it's setting up in the office, helping put up fence, um, if I just need to be a gopher you know, whatever I need to do, run a skid steer. But the during the day, that falls on Matt. Mm. 
You never stop working. Well, you get Thanksgiving off, but not not very much after that. No, uh, pretty much after this, once we get back, the only day we'll get off for the most part is Christmas. But you work from a lot harder than us. Load in, from load in, when I asked him at one time how fast they could build the track, he said, conceivably, in seven days, we could go green. it's crazy crazy. but they they've got it figured out to where if they had a hiccup or if they lost a couple days they could still make it up and we'd still be racing on time (laughs) how many chili bowls is this for you now i my first chili bowl was december no the first one was 2011 i had to think for a second because i actually got hired in December 2011 and my first one I was working for racing boys so I was down in the in the box and so 12 is the first year that I actually worked for the Han family and did the shootout in the chili bowl hmm. so you've been there a long time so where's where's the best place to eat in Tulsa then Ooh, freeway is pretty good not not gonna lie because it for the money you spend, you get enough. You get enough meal for about three days. Mm. There's actually some pretty decent places around there. Of course, you know, two a.m. Whataburger is kind of hard to beat. Whataburger. <laughs> You're muted, Dylan. Oh, was I? I said a tradition unlike any other. Two a.m. Whataburger. <laughs> I, I, no, see, I figured what it is. You heard Whataburger and your in and out senses kicked in and you started like foaming at the mouth going, how dare you? No, see, <laughs> I, I actually think I probably prefer Whataburger. Honestly, I, I like Whataburger. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. All right. Uh, there's this burrito place in Tulsa that we went to like every single night. That was very good. Uh, the chili is that the one across like, from, from the water park? No, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good sense of direction. I think you might have to go the other way. But um, it's it's a twenty four hour burrito place, and it's like it's amazing. You get like some sh- you get like shrimp burritos. You can get like you know seafood burritos. It's really good. I'm trying to think where that is. I know where you're talking about. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's survived it's towards COVID the or campus. Uh, towards huh. the uh, the Tulsa University campus. It's pretty good. I, I know, I, I know, I know what you're talking about, and I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me. Go to that one or Whataburger at uh, two a.m. I like, uh, I like the Chinese place. What is it, Panda Express? Oh yeah, get you a little Panda Express, and you know, little little rock gut to get you through the day. The Tyler Tyler loves the local cuisine, Brian, as you can tell. You know. <laughs> you know. All right, we'll see you this winter. Uh, I'll be I'll be in Tulsa um for pretty much you know all winter so we'll we'll see you there sounds good guys thanks for having me on